You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? Our Joe Ochoa here on the SB Nation NFL Show. It is Monday Football Monday. A reminder that we do stream this show live, which means we are live right now on the SB Nation NFL Facebook page, SB Nation NFL Twitter account. We, of course, love it when you listen on the SB Nation NFL Show. Wherever you get your podcasts, look for the SB Nation NFL Show. Search for it, hit subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Those things are important, but we are here always every Monday to stream this show live because we always have a lot of football to talk about. That is what Monday Football Monday is, a recap on all the action that went down on Sunday. And the action is important because there's no more preseason left. The regular season has fully, firmly, officially arrived, and we have to get ready for it. And in order to do so, we have brought in the very best, the always handsome, always debonair, always appropriately dressed. You know him, of course, Monday Football Monday from Arrowhead Pride covering the Kansas City Chiefs for SB Nation. He has glasses. He has slick back hair. He has a fantastic microphone. He has a beautiful baritone voice. It is the one and only Pete Sweeney on Twitter at PG Sween. My man, Petey Sweens. How goes it? What's going on? Happy, what is it, Monday? Happy Monday to you, RJ. How would you be confused on what day it is? How could that possibly happen on Monday Football Monday? I'm a little bit out of sorts this morning, quite honestly. I, I was getting a little bit of the Sunday scaries, and I unfortunately locked my bathroom door from the outside. So I'm working on that this morning, trying to figure out how to get some maintenance. And typically, I'd fix it myself, but the emergency unlock is stripped. So look, we're reeling a little bit. I didn't even realize that today was Monday, but happy Monday to you. We are coming off a day in which my guy, T-Law, Trevor Lawrence, sliced up and diced up those Dallas Cowboys. So it's a great Monday indeed. Yeah, Pete uh, clearly had a, a busy Sunday. In fact, it was so busy that he sent me like six different uh, messages about this show on Sunday. He is obviously aware that the Dallas Cowboys played, and he was not aware when he messaged me because he even sent me a follow-up that said, hello, you know, like this passive-aggressive, like, why haven't you answered me yet? And I came back about three hours later, and I said, hey, Pete, I was doing my job. <laughs> so I'm glad you had a Sunday filled with enough festivities in your bathroom to lock your stuff up, Pete. Yeah, it was uh, not a good Sunday in that regard, but a good Sunday otherwise. And uh, apologies to you on dropping the uh, preseason finale there. Uh, wouldn't know it. The Chiefs are, are still poised and ready to go 23-0. and So that's Raining where we Super Bowl losers. That's right. Okay. Um, anyway, okay. Uh, so normally on Monday Football Monday, we will be getting into every single game that happened, our thoughts, our reactions, whatever, whatever, whatever. But um, if we're being a little bit honest with ourselves, Pete, yeah, the final week of the preseason wasn't exactly ripe with tons of great football. I mean, it's football, so it's better than anything. You know, don't get me wrong. It's not like the New York Mets thumbs down or anything, uh, but it is still uh, 
you know, it's still football and there's still a lot of things to talk about. So we have each brought a few topics to the table today, kind of a wraparound in terms of what's going on around the NFL at the moment with the regular season officially beginning. A reminder to everyone that 53-man rosters have to be set around the National Football League by 4 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. That's August 31st, the final day of Augusto. Uh, so make sure to stay tuned to your favorite SB Nation site as far as your team is yeah. concerned. They will have all of the news. So, Pete Sweeney, where do you want to start? This, this is your smorgasbord, my man. I came here to work today ready to just make you happy, and I want to do that. So what, what do you want to talk about with regards to the Football League of National? Well, I don't want to talk about it, but I think we have to start with the injuries of note. This is the worst part of the preseason when mm. it comes to the guys have to have the natural game reps to be ready, but unfortunately injuries do happen. I think the biggest one is probably J.K. Dobbins uh, losing out for the year uh, with a torn ACL. Uh, and and I saw on Twitter he liked a tweet that said, why are you playing the starters in the preseason? We've talked a few times about how the L.A. Chargers just took all of their stars and said they're not going to play at all because it's it's not going to be us again. We have joked about the, the Jaws. Um, relation when it comes to that, but uh, this is exactly why, because now uh, a running back who was up and coming was poised for what a lot of people thought was going to be his true breakout year. Uh, we'll have to wait until 2022, and it leaves the Ravens reeling. Now, when you talk about the team, I'm not 100% sure that this is a season ruiner. This goes into a lot of the analytics of you know, don't take a running back in the first round like the Kansas City Chiefs uh, did a year ago. Um, but uh, I saw this tweet from uh, Warren Sharp, who does an, a fantastic job. Every year since 2015, the Ravens have had a different lead back, and they have been able to maintain success. 2020, J.K. Dobbins. 2019, Mark Ingram. 2018, Gus Edwards. Uh, goes on until 2015 with different running backs. But uh, Gus Edwards is the one of note because I, I would guess that he is in line to get a lot of these snaps this year, but I, I think it is going to probably be a committee thing. Uh, people have also been floating out the names of a Justice Hill and a Tyson Williams, a little bit lesser known. So I think you see all three. And of course, the quarterback is going to be your number one runner on this team anyway. I've also seen some people around the internet, always a reliable source, uh, float out. Maybe the Ravens should trade for Rashad Penny. Maybe Rashad Penny gets cut by the Seahawks, you know, something like that. Uh, 2015, the first full season that the Baltimore Ravens began without Ray Rice to just kind of put a, a timeline um, on that. You've seen uh, Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell, too, but it just doesn't seem like teams have been interested in these two players, right. I think, for very different reasons. You know, we had the whole Le'Veon Bell, Andy Reid thing. John Harbaugh came from the Andy Reid tree, as they say. And then Todd Gurley, I mean, there is just blanket disinterest from the rest of the NFL. I just think because of the injuries, I don't think anyone wants to bring him in for, just for him to sit on the bench for most of the year. So. It was really interesting to watch how different teams handled the preseason. And to get back to your point about the the tweet that JK liked here, um, we mentioned you, you talked about the Chargers who didn't play anybody. And I was fascinated going into this to see how teams were going to handle it with three preseason games versus four preseason games. And the other equally important factor, I thought, the bye week after the third preseason game. There's no NFL game on this week. College football's back. That's awesome. But, um, you know, there was a line of logic if you were an NFL head coach to saying, well, we can play our starters in the third preseason game because they're not going to have to play a regular season game right away after that. We'll have a lot of time, uh, you know, between points A and point B. And so 
we saw the Baltimore Ravens play their starters, and yeah, it's stupid. You joked about Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence played three series against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. The number one overall draft pick with like no other starters really in the game, which was really, you know, if, if, even Cowboys fans are tweeting like, why is Trevor Lawrence in the game? Like, you're just, you're begging for something to happen here. This is stupid. Um, and yeah, it's tough cookies. I mean, for Baltimore here, it's tough cookies for J.K. Dobbins. It's, this is not important but it is tough cookies for the fantasy community jk a really popular name in that spectrum or in that space rather um this sucks i mean this this really sucks for jk dobbins i mean you go through so many things to get ready for an nfl season to begin and to have it taken away from you right before it starts is just a big time bummer it's an impossible question to figure out though because these injuries if you're doing the team work in practice there's a case to be made that these injuries could happen anyway i mean a lot of the ones that happen where you lose for this season are non-contact right and so the only difference between the preseason game and practice is the fact that there's contact when you get an injury from contact typically it's some kind of thing where you're back before the end of the season and so i don't know i i I'm, i'm going you know i know we're supposed to have takes right on podcasts i find myself somewhere in the middle where it's like okay, don't play your starters. They'll be safe. Will they? I mean, we see ACL tears in practice too. And I think you're better off getting the reps. I mean, I, again, I always go back to the Chiefs. Hey, what's up, Bear? Uh, I always go back to the the Chiefs and, and they needed this preseason and these reps because they had five new offensive linemen, for example. Like we watched it and they got a ton of work and Patrick Mahomes was taken out because he doesn't necessarily need the work, but the offensive line stayed in at parts of this preseason. So I think every, it's up to every team. And I understand arguments on both sides of the equation. Yeah, I um, thank you, Bear. He's very upset about J.K. <laughs> Dobbins. Um, it's uh, you know, the also work from- garbage day. Yeah, garbage day football, garbage day. Yeah, <laughs> the the work from home life continues to be an interesting one. Um, is even as far into it as we are, even though we worked from home before. Uh, at least you and I, uh, Pete. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean. I, I'm fine with no pre- like if you want to get rid of the whole preseason, I, I'm in no way going to miss it. Uh, we've talked before. A lot of us have talked as Pete sips from. I've always found that really strange. Pete has a clear coffee mug. Um, it just it looks like it would this be hot. why you watch the live feed, because I know I can show off my, my it, it looks mug. it looks like it would be hot. Like I can't imagine that that wouldn't be hot on your hands. And so I'm worried for you uh, and your dexterity. But there's a lot of class that comes from the coffee cup. Um, I'm fine if you want to get rid of the entire preseason and you want to just have joint practices. Like you're right. Like you're never going to have a 100% risk free environment, but I'm fine mitigating it in in that particular way. But we all know the NFL owners don't want to give up, you know, well now what is uh, (laughs) you're playing them that awful field at MetLife where it bubbles up and (laughs) they need to figure out what the, what's the deal uh, with the MetLife field. I had a good time for Mets. I think before we move on, RJ, we should just touch upon the other injuries and get these out of the way. Vikings tight end Irv Smith is is dealing with injuries, and then Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton. The T.Y. Hilton injury, uh, as you noted in, in your notes that I see here, it's a disc issue. That is not a recipe for someone yeah. that is going to be ready to return, I think, in this calendar year, uh, in my opinion. So Frank Reich, Indianapolis, head Colt, uh, Indianapolis Colts head coach, said on T.Y. Hilton's injury, it was a disc issue, so that's a complicated issue. This all of, the rest of the statement it sounds horrible, Pete. More meetings, more evaluation to come, more opinions to come. He will miss some games. We don't know exactly how many. We're optimistic it's not season ending. 
Um, whoa, it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> like, it's so bad. And uh, I, I have something here uh, on this too, but like because so we look at these quarterbacks and like these new situations, and then we're trying to always figure out well who's going to have the better season, right? And at the end of the year, you're like, well, this guy succeeded. This guy completely failed. I mean, you look at this receiving core in Indianapolis. T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, Zach Pascal, Paris Campbell. Now you take Hilton out of it, and you, you don't really know what you have there. And then meanwhile, you go to Carolina where Sam Darnold is getting his new opportunity, and he's got D.J. Moore, Robbie Anderson, who is the number one connection of his career. Uh, you have Terrace Marshall in that mix. You have the best damn running back in the whole league to dump it off if none of those guys are open. And then we're at the end of the season. We're going to say, oh, Carson Wentz was not able to figure it out. Look at these situations. You know what I mean? And this just gets worse and worse, in my opinion, for Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz needs the type of situation that Sam Darnold has, and he does not. And so um, I, you, you think about quicksand, you think about dominoes and things like that. Where do you end up? I understand the Frank Reich connection, but I feel for Carson Wentz here because this is a tough group of skill position players. Not to say that Michael Pittman and Zach Pascal, Paris Campbell can't break out, but you're going to need them to break out. We have not seen any of these guys as consistent number ones before. And uh, look, I'm not a Carson Wentz guy, but this is a tough, tough situation that he's in. So... I think you're on to something here. You've had a really strong start to the episode, Pete. One of your best, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, I'm, I'm an objective guy. I'm trying guy. to put the bathroom out of, out of my mind and uh-huh. just go play, right? And I, yeah. I think really focusing on the flow of the yeah. podcast is helping Great me job. Out the flow is not in the bathroom, so the flow is here on the show. That makes Correct. sense. Um, yes. So to me, what the Carson thing feels like, um, when I was in college, the first time I took physics, Bear, I know this is a story that embarrasses you because of your father. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if my father or my mother are listening, I only took physics once. Okay. But right. the, the first time I took physics, there was a time. Um, I vividly remember this day where I took a test and had abs. I like I went into it and I was like, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> like, you know, yes. like I, I know that this is not gonna end well. Like, but I walked to class, I went in, I picked up the paper with the test questions on it, I sat right. down and I looked at it and I was like, yeah. I don't know any of this. Like I, I can't, I can't do any of this right now. There is like no worse feeling in right. the world in your life than knowing you're gonna fail, having right. to sit there and put the wrong answers in. Yeah, and, and like fake it, and like exactly, and like I just made stuff up. You're and, like, I'm, am I gonna get a zero on this? Right. Like that's that's the thing. I was like, like to your to that exact point. I thought, what could I do to literally get points? Like, like you know, like it's literally like a. For anyone who's taken a physics class, it's it's show your work, right? Like you got to show the right. whole process. Of the, so I'm literally writing like two plus two equals four, you know, like literally just trying to pick up scraps along the way. Um, and the I actually think the worst feeling is walking with the paper, you know, because you, you can just feel like the professor knows. The professor knows that you've just mm. like wasted everybody's time. And, and so, we've, been, we've all been there too, where you, you have it in front of you and you're like in your perifs, you're just trying and you're trying to look for a bone, not to say you're cheating, but it's, it's a, yeah. like, I need some kind of direction here. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So, but that, that whole day is terrible. Right. And so from start to finish, when you, cause you know, from the moment you begin the process that you are going to fail that test, right. That is the cult season. Like, <laughs> for, like, like for real. I mean, I feel and, bad for them, man. That, that's do, a great fan base. 
I feel bad, but they've brought it upon themselves because the Carson Wentz thing, they brought upon themselves. Now, the injury thing wasn't 100% predictable, although you could certainly argue it was definitely predictable because of who Carson Wentz is. The Quentin Nelson thing truly is just kind of piling on. But the T.Y. thing, I mean, I... I feel badly for T.Y. He's been a fun player for a long time. I feel bad for Frank Reich. I feel bad for the fans. But this was kind of predictable. That T.Y. Like, wow, what a shocker that T.Y. Hilton was not a reliable answer for you at wide receiver. We talked about this on all of the shows here at the network throughout the offseason. Why did the Colts not go after Kenny Galladay? Allen Robinson didn't hit free agency. Why did the Colts not even go after Sammy Watkins? You know what I mean? Like, they... Like, what a shocker that bringing back T.Y. Hilton was not enough for any quarterback, let alone one, to your point, Pete, who needs a little bit of extracurricular help. I mean, I feel badly, but they made this bed themselves. They were the ones who didn't go to the study group. They were the ones who didn't go to after-class tutoring. This is on the Colts. And I I think, you know, if let's say, let's go to the 2023 season, and you're deciding is Carson Wentz a backup quarterback or out of the league, or is he a starting quarterback? I'm taking the first one. That's where I'm at. I think maybe he gets this year, maybe he gets next year, and no one else in the league is going to want him to be their starting quarterback. And if he fails in Indianapolis, he's going to be a career backup now. Shout out to my guy, Chase I don't think he'll make it. I I don't think, not to interrupt you, Pete, I don't think Carson, we have not seen, I know BLG's been big on this, we have not seen any level of humility from him to indicate that he would be fine being Chase Daniel. Because... Chase Daniels a bad example because he's made a lot of money, but he's he's got an incredible amount of humility, right? Like you're saying, he would just walk away rather than be a yeah. Backup. Like I, I can I, think, I, I can buy that. I can I buy that. And I don't. I'm not trying to imply that any of these other players have been narcissistic or arrogant about it, but like RG three, RG three is currently working in the media. I think had his first opportunity last week, um, and you know, good for him. Super pumped. I, I think. If it were me, if I was like a great college quarterback and I didn't, you know, make it in the NFL, I would go work college games, right? Like go be where you were a legend. Uh, that's a different point. My my point here is that I think Carson would sooner pursue that route than be Chase Daniel because Ch- it, it takes humility to be just the guy who's not uh, not on the stadium, not on the season tickets, not the one who's getting the first team reps. I don't think we've we have at least to this point not seen enough from Carson Wentz to believe that that is possible from him. No, I completely agree, and I know we're we're judging before we see, uh, and I I'd imagine there's going to be some Colts fans that uh, are obsessed uh, upset with us for that, but I just think it's one of those situations, unfortunately for Indy, where the writing is very very much on the on the wall. Now, you look at the schedule for them, they're playing the Seahawks to start, uh, and then the LA Rams, both are at home. I think they're losing those games. Then you go to Tennessee, you go to Miami, you go to Baltimore. What's the ceiling there for the beginning of the season? I think it's two and three, and that's the ceiling, in my opinion. So, not not a good situation in Indianapolis. We could, we could stop at this point, I think, um, poo-pooing on, on them. I Like I said, I just feel bad. The Colts are truly locked out of the bathroom, um, and which is I- ironic because right. I, I believe Carson Wentz uh, locked himself in a bathroom um, as mm. a rookie in, in at a gas station. I, I kind of remember that that story. Um, <laughs> okay, Pete, um, you kind of stole one of my topics. Uh, well, I, so, I just I felt like we should put all the injuries together. You know, yeah, no, I, mean? I, get, I get it. You know, we're you and me, we collaborate well. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. like. We're not the ones saying it. People say Monday Football sure. Monday, my favorite Mon- show on the Espionation NFL show. Monday Football Monday, the best host, the most articulate host, the most 
charming right. host, the the more handsome host, Monday the more beautiful Monday, host. Uh, looking fab down to collab. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. the and the always motto. willing to blab. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? To get the talking element too much. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. People say sure. we talk too much, but I, you know, I don't agree with that. You know, those people are dumb. For being yep. honest with ourselves. Agreed. Anyway, um, so I'll I'll uh, take one of your topics now. The New York Jets. I like mm. the way you phrase this. Have a new Lawson. Obviously <laughs> lost Carl Lawson um, right. uh, to a season-ending injury. But, you know, Indiana Jones-style replaced one with another. Uh, traded for Houston Texans edge rusher Shaq Lawson. And if I'll never save on, report. Save on jersey um, costs. Right, yeah. You way. just let him wear the same number. Totally. Mm. Um, so the Jets sent a 2022 sixth-round pick to Houston in exchange for Shaq Loss, and that pick actually did not even belong initially to New York, initially belonged to San Francisco. Um, I like this. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, I do. I think the Jets, they're not one of the Super Bowl, right? Like, I think every team is... If you ask the question, who can win the Super Bowl this year? I think the answer probably includes like 20 teams, right? Like if you're in, in the most optimistic census, right? Uh, Pete, Pete is doing a great job of holding himself back from saying like, well, nobody besides the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl. Uh, so congratulations to you, Pete, for being don't, stoic enough. I don't need to, words put in my mouth. I I, I, uh, I think the NFC well, so, team, whoever it so, is, once you get to the Super Bowl, has a chance, Pete, right? I'm being totally honest with you here, and since we're the only show who streams, we're the only show who who runs into this issue. Your face was frozen, uh, <laughs> and so I really thought you were uh, like doing a bit. Um, you, you're, you're, and you happen to be frozen in this like kind of sarcastic sort of pose. So I really thought that you were. That's, you doing- got it. That's the point where you got to take the screenshot. I mean, we should have uh, had that. Maybe we got to go back and talk. Anyway, uh, so I think there are about twenty teams who go in the Super Bowl. As exciting as Zach Wilson has been, I don't think the Jets are there. But I do think that there is a lot to be gained from a really positive season from the Jets. And I think that they do need a strong edge rush presence to be able to do that. Is Shaq Lawson a strong edge rush presence? Probably not. But I think he he helps you mitigate the loss of Carl sure. Lawson. And, and if, if this is, you know, this is house money. You know what I mean? If you're the Jets, this draft pick. So you might as well do it. Like, I'm, I'm a fan of this move in, in that particular sense. Let's put ourselves in in Shaq's shoes for a second here mm, size Brett. like 17 yeah I mean you're swimming in them but imagine you are at the Houston Texans facility and they're like come in we got to talk to you we're trading you this what is door the- are they knocking on if he's at the facility Could, I don't know general manager door coach's <laughs> door whatever no but but they're knocking on his door to talk to him that's what I'm saying what room is Shaq in Shaq's Shaq's either knocking or they're knocking on his door. Who knows? Maybe it's one of those JJ Watt nap area what? situations. Maybe he's How does he the, not may- have a room called a shack. Maybe That's he's at, maybe he's in the in the nap bed from behind because I mean someone has to be using that at this point, right? Did they just get rid of the nap bed? Uh, shout out to Hard Knocks. Anyway, someone's knocking on someone's door and they say, "Shaq, guess what? We're trading you." This is the lottery of the NFL right now. If you are a Houston Texan and you are fortunate enough to get traded, you got to be overjoyed. And to the New York Jets, who for the last couple of years have been a disaster in their own right, doesn't matter. I'm out. Goodbye. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry that you have to stay here on this sinking ship. I'm going to go maybe make the playoffs this this season. So mm. I, I think this is uh, just a, a picture of what the Houston Texans are now. And Shaq has to be thrilled. And congratulations to him getting out of that disaster. I don't know about maybe making the playoffs, but um, you have you seen to... Zach Wilson? 
Again, I think that the I'm Jets upset be- about I, this. Actually, I, I forgot about this. And I wanted to say this. So the first weekend we made that burrito bet on Wilson versus Fields. If you go to the whole preseason, you might pick Wilson for the yeah, best. But that looking. wasn't the bet. That I know. And I feel gypped. Uh, and so I'm, I'm eager to do another burrito bet at some mm. point here because I was technically right over at the bigger body I'm not, of work. How about the Jets being a playoff team since you just said it? Fine. Uh, I will ride that horse. There are seven teams that make. No, I can't. I can't do it. I'm mm. taking it back. I can't put, put my money on the Jets. I think they'll be better than people think, but playoffs is, you know, you got to be winning nine, 10 games. We really think in year one that Wilson's going to win 10 games. I mean, since we're on the subject, so like your four division winners um well for the purposes of this discussion we'll call it we'll call it chiefs titans bills browns right as your four so can three other teams beat out the jets chargers yes nobody else in the afc south um ravens probably even despite the jk dobbins loss maybe the steelers um i'm yeah. i'm 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 down on the steelers personally so i was, I was trying to be kind maybe the patriots maybe the dolphins you know, I think the Jets are on the lower end of that mix, but to your point, maybe they're in that group. Maybe they're the last. The problem team. is, it's a sixth or seventh seed, and, and that's the Jets' ceiling. And there's about six teams vying for those positions. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, it's a tough ask. I, do I think it's impossible? I don't think it's impossible, uh, especially because I, I really like the way Wilson looks. It's just a different vibe. You got Robert Sala there. It's going to be a different Jets team entirely. Well, now they got Shaq Lawson too. I mean, you know, and he, he, he gets Jack. to you know City Sun Ice, the name to twice gets to hit, hit, life. hit Broadway. You know what I mean? Uh, right. But yeah, I have found it strange how all these Starts Texas players. The yeah, right. leaving the day. Um, Pete, what do you? T- you're not even from New York. You're from you know. What do you, you're you're a fraud here. I um I grew up in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what, that's what you tell people. That's what you tell people. From, around from the Bronx. Since my early 20s. This is going on my seventh or eighth year in Kansas City. The Bronx. I've been, here, been here almost a decade. A Bronx tale. Yeah. Well. Well. <laughs> um, anyway, congratulations to Shaq Lawson leaving Houston for oh, East Rutherford. Um, what are your thoughts on New Jersey? Because Ted Mosby lived in New York and he hated New Jersey. As a native New Yorker, you have to hate New Jersey. I, I don't I don't hate hate New Jersey. I think the the shore is nice. Uh, that whole What about uh, pers- the burbs? The burbs. The I I'd rather personally live on the burbs of Long Island than uh mm. you know go to Hoboken or something. But look, I don't I don't need to lean in and into my my Jersey hatred here. I I I'm I'm on the lighter side of that. As a New Yorker, you have to hate Jersey, but I only hate them like a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm trying to mm. Stand even killed on it. Yeah, if you're from Texas like I am, you have to hate everyone. It's just kind of the rule. So yeah, um, even the hatred is 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 bigger in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw! Right. Uh, well said. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, let's go. Um, speaking of geographic areas, uh, the only place that you and I have been in together, Miami. Welcome to the... What was the, what's the line? This it's welcome. What I know I butchered the line when we went, but it's welcome right. to the city where the heat is on. No, right? Party in the city uh, where the heat is on. I kept saying welcome to the city where the heat is on. I think All that, night that on the beach works better. Break it on. Um, Pete and RJ. If we were, were the bad boys, because they operated out of Miami, I think I'm Will Smith and you're Martin Lawrence. If we're being honest with ourselves, I don't know. If, <laughs> all right, I, I you might be. I guess you might be Will Smith. Mm. I I we ride yeah. together. We die together. Sure. Monday football, Monday for life. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, this story won't go away. And I don't think we have to spend too much time on it, but it did pop up over the weekend. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, Pete, are reportedly the favorite to land uh, Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson, current Houston Texans quarterback. Um, Yahoo's Charles Robinson, friend of the show, uh, reported that the Texans are seeking three first-round draft picks and two second-round draft picks. Robinson added that the Carolina Panthers, the Denver Broncos, and the Philadelphia Eagles, who traded for Gardner Minshew over the weekend, were also in some element of trade consideration, but that Watson's contractual right to approve the trade destination has weighed heavily in trade opportunities. Robinson also added that teams have angled for pick protections in any trade to mitigate a potential NFL suspension or criminal prosecution tied to ongoing investigations by the FBI, Harris County Prosecutor, and Houston Police Department involving sexual assault allegations from multiple women. Um, we've said forever, I mean, because this story has gone on forever, that it is stunning how Deshaun Watson is not on the commissioner's exempt list by now. It does, I don't want to say it seems likely, but at least now actually legitimately seems possible that he could not only play this season or at least be eligible to play, but that he could potentially be eligible to play for a team that isn't Houston. Yeah, I I think what is odd about this situation is some of that stuff that might happen in the courts may not be for a while, and it puts the NFL in a very precarious situation. And if I'm the NFL, I would have him on the exempt list and just take him out of the equation for um, a while, you know, and just kind of see how it plays out before you throw him on the field, and then you're like, wow, you know, we maybe regret that uh, as we look back. Uh, hasn't been the case. The the last we heard from Watson, he was kind of jawing a little bit with reporters saying why are you filming me again mm-hmm. um well because you're the franchise quarterback who's going through all this stuff uh who just has making this absurd salary to not even play on the practice field uh, that's why they're taking video of you how I, I understand how talented he is how he is not on all teams no fly list as of right now until this whole thing plays out is absurd to me I, I also don't know the type of person you're bringing into the organization. Every organization in the league is their quarterback. And granted, again, have to see how the off-the-field situation plays out with Watson. But why take a chance, especially when you have to, uh, and, and who, in my opinion, looked all right this, this preseason and really deserves a, a full-fledged chance uh, in the regular season to show what he can do. We saw him at the co- college level uh, and what he was able to do there. He's a champion. He's a winner, yada, yada. I know that's a little bit of cliche. But lean into that as opposed to having this get floated out there and now you're connected and now it's the confidence thing with Tua. To me, um, it would be a wait and see thing, but not every 
NFL organization agrees with that notion. Uh, Brian Flores was asked about this, obviously, over the weekend and said that any conversations they do or don't have will remain internal. So how could a conversation you don't have remain internal? But um, he mm. said he's very confident in Tua, said he's played well. Um, I mean, I just, you're right. Like, I don't know why you would want to touch this. If and, and there are a number of teams here that are involved. The Panthers, the Broncos, the Eagles, the Dolphins. I just, I mean, I, I wonder if they get the sense, you know, internally themselves that this is not going to be a situation that leads to a suspension, you know, at any point from Deshaun Watson. But if they did, then they wouldn't be trying to couch the, the picks that they're sending what? with this potential, you know, disclaimer of sorts. Why the Eagles are interested when you got the man. The Minshew mania, Gardner Minshew up there now too. You got plenty of Jalen Hurts. I like. I like so, Minshew. You let's got talk about that because, and this wasn't on the rundown, but I mean, they did. The Philadelphia Eagles did trade for Gardner Minshew. <laughs> um, I do not understand this. I can't wait to ask uh, BLG about this on the NFC East mixtape, a podcast that you can listen to on both the Blog and the Voice and Bleeding the Nation podcast networks. But um, why? I mean, because if you're the Eagles. Should this season not entirely be about Jalen Hurts and establishing whether or not he is the guy, right? Well, like it, it should hundred percent be about that. I think the Eagles, this is my opinion and BLG will be the word on this, obviously, but here's what I'm thinking. You look at the Jacksonville situation. Uh, Gardner Minshew wants to be a starter. He's still young, right? I, and very clear who's going to be playing quarterback in Jacksonville. It's the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. And so, he wanted out of that situation, right? And then you go to Philadelphia, where I, I don't think the team is 100% in on Jalen Hurts, but I think by now you could say in the 80 to 90, 85 to 90% let's go range. If you look at the depth of quarterback, I watched Joe Flacco this preseason. If so Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts were to go down in a situation, this is not a Nick Foles situation. This is yeah. a four-win max type of team. And but, given that there's a little bit more question, considering that Jalen Hurts was not the number one overall pick, I think Gardner Minshew comes in there, is your backup. If Hurts goes down, the season isn't completely over. And I think it, even if it's a small amount of opportunity, it's, a, it's much more than it would have been in Jacksonville, considering the fact that the Jaguars are full steam ahead with Trevor Lawrence. And for good reason, he was the number one overall pick. I'm not not understanding this from a Gardner Minshew perspective. You're right. Like the path to starting is, you know, more attainable in Philly than it is Jacksonville for Gardner Minshew specifically. But why right. would Philly be in on this? And to be clear, I'm upset they, that, Dal- that Dallas wasn't in on this. Because, well, Flacco, no, you don't, you don't but, think. But like, but if, if Jalen Hurts goes down, right, that's the idea here, right? Like Gardner Minshew comes in in that case. What is Philly's season anyway? Like, even if Jalen doesn't go down, like Philly's season is not something that is going, you know, we're talking about teams that could win the Super Bowl here. Like, Philly's not in that equation, in all truth and honesty. And so, if Jalen goes down, like, your season's shot anyway. Like, if Jalen goes down, if you learn this season, the Philadelphia Eagles, they currently have two first-round draft picks entering 2022. They might have a third if T.Y. Hilton and Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz and everybody survive the year in Indianapolis. But... The point here, and at the very least, Philly will have two firsts and two seconds next season. That is enough ammunition to get a future franchise quarterback if they learn that Jalen Hurts is not that guy. Gardner Minshew's not that guy. So, again, this season, if if Jalen Hurts stays healthy and doesn't take 100% of the snaps 
for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think that they're doing things right in that sense because you have to. This is your this is your sample year with with Jalen Hurts, with Devontae Smith, with everything that you have going on now. You have to learn beyond a shadow of a doubt whether or not he is the guy that you're going to commit to in the future. And I don't know why you would bring in anyone to inhibit that in any way, shape, or form. Like, didn't they learn? I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts feels threatened by Gardner Minshew, but didn't they learn their lesson last year with bringing in another somewhat legitimate quarterback with their own incumbent starter in Carson Wentz? I just, I I totally get Gardner Minshew wanting to be elsewhere. I don't understand why Philly was the team to do it. I think that- I just think it's roster roster improvement, simply. Like, in my opinion- And they they didn't pay much, to your point, but yeah. That might be it, it. It's roster improvement. I, I I don't think Gardner Minshew is going to come in and then suddenly week three or week four, people are going to be clamoring for him to be the starter because I believe in Jalen Hurts. I also think that uh, Jalen Hurts mentally uh, is in a position where he can handle any competition uh, that would be from Gardner Minshew. Uh, and it didn't seem like Carson once wanted any competition in the room. He just wanted someone like Flacco. And it'll push Jalen Hurts, and I think Jalen Hurts will continue to rise to the occasion. I really like Hurts. Uh, and again, if he were to go down, if Flacco comes in there, you're not winning anything. I but still they're think, not winning anything anyway. They're not winning anything with, with Hurts. With Minshew, but what I'm saying is with Minshew, you still have hope. You have no hope if it's Flacco, in my opinion. I agree with that. I'm to be clear, I'm super jealous that Dallas wasn't in on this because I yeah. think I think Gardner Minshew is an ideal backup quarterback for a team that if they have to play their backup quarterback for a game or two, you know, that's that's what you want. Like that's that, you know, like when Patrick Mahomes had to miss time in 2019, you need a guy to keep the ship afloat. That's what you need. Right. And Buffalo has that in Mitchell Trubisky. I think Gardner Minshew can be that. I just don't think Philly's ever going to be in a point where their ship is even floating. It would need to stay afloat. But you're uh, in the worst division in football. Like, no offense to Sure, to you, that's, that's very mean, seven, possible. Seven wins won it last year. Yeah, I mean, but we that's not happening again. You know what I mean? How like, do we know? By the way, on the subject of all this, um, Ian Rappaport tweeted out uh, on Sunday that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to start for your Washington football team in week mm. one. W-F-G. I, who, W-F-G. I'm not trying W-F-G. to like, you know, poo-poo Ian Rappaport, but who didn't know this? Like, like, like why, why did this have to be announced that, that wow, thank you for revealing this information? You no factoid I mean? like, left untweeted, RJ. Very simple. Um, and, you know, there are really only, there's really only one quarterback situation, I guess, left uh, because we know that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be starting in Denver. I guess we know that Washington is going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, We know that New Orleans is going to start Jameis Winston. By the way, our thoughts and prayers are with the New Orleans and Louisiana area right now. I hope everyone is safe. Um, The only one that remains unsettled to any sort of degree, Pete, is New England with Cam Newton and Mac Jones. And that should not be unsettled. Again, huge Cam guy. Loved watching him when he was in his prime, rolling with the Panthers all the way to the Super Bowl. I would have liked to have seen him get a legitimate chance where he doesn't get COVID in a season. Mac Jones looks legit. I mentioned that Wilson has looked the best throughout the entire preseason. Mac Jones might be number two for me. As mm, I far think he's as, number one. Okay, we, we get it, RJ. I mean, you just don't, <laughs> you, you're, you just don't want to lean into my boy Wilson because of the burrito bet. I but, won. Why would I be upset? Anyway. <laughs> There should be no question. We see it. It's very clear. Everybody sees it. And I think Bill Belichick will ultimately make the right decision. Mac Jones is ready. 
Uh, and and we talked about at the beginning of the show the preseason reps. This is a situation where you you need to see it in a game situation. Practice is not enough, even though I know they did joint practices with the New York Giants leading into the game. You really need to see him in a game situation, and he's poised. He, uh, you could tell he he's leading the team. He goes through his reads. He's polished. Mm. Uh, he again. We are so early. We're like in the page one of what will be, you know, a 20 chapter book when it comes to this quarterback class. Only 20 always, chapters. Interesting. You're always compared to the rest of your quarterback class. Right. And right now, the Patriots, I hate to say it, the evil empire might have stole the best quarterback of the lot. We'll see again so early. Right? It would be it would be hilarious if all the like pre-draft chatter about Kyle Shanahan being in love with Mac Jones and like people being like, this would be so stupid if they actually spent the third overall pick on him. If he actually does wind up being the best one, that'd be really funny. Um, But you know, it is what it is. Um, Okay. Uh, Speaking of San Francisco, kind of um, the team they lost to in the Super Bowl. Look at my segue there. Uh, Look at that. You know, they say that our Joe Joe doesn't ever say anything nice about the Kansas city. That's right. But, what a, what a shocker here, just so everybody knows. Full transparency. Pete put the Chiefs on the rundown. Yeah, only only team in the league with uh, two players in the top five of the NFL. Patrick Mahomes coming in at number one. Nobody cares about the NFL Chelsea top 100. Nobody cares coming about Coming in at number five, the highest ever for a tight end, by the way. Uh, oh, Mahomes wow. said That's this about the offensive line. Top 100. Okay. Everybody watched the Super Bowl. Embarrassment. The offensive line was horrible. Well, the Chiefs have five new starters, and here's what Mahomes said after. I think they've had an amazing preseason. I haven't gotten hit a lot. I don't think I got touched today. I think that that just speaks to them and how they've been playing. They've done a great job and gotten better each and every week, so I'm excited for the season. They had Joe Tooney from New England, um, who has looked great, and now there's three rookies. uh, Creed Humphrey, second-round pick. Trey Smith, sixth-rounder. You have Lucas Niang, who was a third-rounder who opted out, and I think with an offensive line, I mean, Patrick Mahomes was good enough when he wasn't comfortable in the pocket and felt like he had to run around the field. And I'm, I'm talking about even before the Super Bowl, he may be able to just sit there and slice and dice and throw from 180 degrees of his arm angle. The defense <laughs> looks better. I think it's the fast track to the AFC title game, RJ. And we'll see in the AFC title game, whoever comes out and, and plays them. I always say when you get to the final four, you never know. I I don't see a, a path in which the Chiefs are not at least playing on Championship Sunday. Okay, so this is a serious question. Yeah. You generally look at things, at least you're accused by the SB Nation NFL show people. Mm-hmm. I won't name names. Uh, you're accused of looking at things through the, I wouldn't say, say glass half full, the glass fully full perspective, right? And, yeah, I mean, uh, 26 right, right. wins over the last two regular seasons would do that too. But yes. So, what which which game did they most recently play in and lose? <laughs> um, but No, the, they've went 3 and 0 in the the preseason. Anyway. Um so if the offensive line works, everything's great, right? Like we we re- I fully agree with you. Like if the offensive line yeah, revamp works, if Trey Smith, 6th round pick, I realize had a higher ceiling the injury everything, but yeah. if if all of the like most optimistic scenarios work out totally challenging for the Super Bowl. Probably still challenging for the Super Bowl in general, even if, they, if there's like an average sort of net result from all these ifs, ands, whatevers. Right. What if this is, I wouldn't say the worst case scenario, but what if this is not an, I, I don't think you could say not an improvement, but what if this is bad? What if this is a just a moderate improvement? What is the, I think, I, I don't think I can ask you what, what's the ceiling on this team because you're still going to say they'll be challenging for Super Bowl, but like, where, how, does, how much does that drop them? 
You know what I mean? Like, what what is the drop yeah, off I mean, if the offensive line right, is is unstable there, all season long? There is a question because the right side is entirely made up of rookies. Now they've looked good in the preseason, but you're not facing the top talent of the other team necessarily for the entire game. And so there's the question. I, I think they're going to be really challenged week one. I think we'll get that answer really quickly with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, with that front seven and some of those players. So we'll see. Um, I don't think Patrick Mahomes really has had a line like going into this offseason. Andy Reid, one of the things he said uh, was we haven't really invested in the line in a long time. And they had to spend all of their capital and all of their focus on improving the offensive line. And they really feel like they have now. The one question to me as far as if there is any question is the right tackle and Lucas Niang. It was the opt-out. He was away from football for a year. He had been coming off an injury in college, so it really allowed him to get healthy. Mm -hmm. But the Chiefs have two uh, reliable swing tackles in Mike Remmers and Andrew Wiley who could shift in there. They'll have Kyle Long. I think he'll be PUP. There's some depth there as well. And it's not like Mahomes has had a perfect offensive line and he's only lost one game, the Super Bowl, as you'd like to mention, RJ, by more than one possession in, in See, his career. But like, but those are the, like, um, and you're right. Like the the I can't even call it a sample size. The body of work it's larger than the sample size. The body of work is pristine for right. Patrick Mahomes, right? But I think I think you know that that is not sustainable for the course of his career. You know what I mean? Like I, a lot of I I I don't mean this to like cast dispersions on the Chiefs, but I could see because the offensive line is in this still like developmental stage, a yep. lot of a lot of these like unbelievable stats like that coming into play in 2021. A lot of like another, you know, double digit loss or whatever. You know what I mean? I another think, like, think, wow, they trailed the whole game. Like, like I think the, first for them. I think it's a little bit different because I'm also parlaying that with the defense and what I've seen from the defense this preseason always prefacing it with they're playing sec sometimes twos and threes and keep that in mind. Um, but it, it's, it has seemed to take a significant step. Chris yeah, Jones, Thornhill looks great for real. Chris Jones looks poised to be the defensive player of the year. I don't think that's an exaggeration. Uh. <laughs> now, that he, now that he is shifting inside. And we were outside. doing so well, Pete. <laughs> yes. In, in my opinion, uh, look, we can go back and, and play this back. If I, it's a, that's a ridiculous take, but I think he approaches 20 sacks this season. Pete, and makes dude. <laughs> what? It's not like, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not half like, in his career. It's not inconceivable to your point, but it's, that's a hard thing to do. Um, 17 games. You get the extra game. Um, Wow, Chiefs just Chiefs have the best quarterback, best receiver, best tight end, best defensive tackle, best coach, best team. everything's well, uh, well everything's organization. Um, um, you would have thought they, you know, they did not. They did not the have Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett for ten years, <laughs> dude. Jason Garrett sucks. Like that's not a, a wound <laughs> that you're hurting me with. Like I already lived through that pain. Um, uh, okay, okay. Is, uh, we can move uh, on if you want, I, unless you want me to continue uh, to go no, on. I reasons. think it, this is an appropriate place to call it for the week. Okay. Um, because okay. things things are settling. Um, well, if they do the show on Tuesday, I know that like there's questions about if that continues or if this they're getting replaced. I mean, I don't, you know, like it, they're, we're yeah. always looking to improve, and there's a lot of room for that there. No you know? doubt about it. Mm -hmm. I I wish them the best. I always wish them the best, right? Mm -hmm. But you know. Might be five of five. Yeah, I mean, like you know, we are the Chiefs. You know what I mean? What, at least, the, at least the twenty nineteen yeah. to twenty twenty the Super Bowl Chiefs. Um, and you know, we would love for the Chargers to be a thing. You know what I mean? Like we really would. And it's like you, you know, you're rooting for the show to beat you in a sense. 
but mm-hmm. is it going to happen? Unlike, unlikely. You know what I mean? But you want to see the come up. I would love to give them the come up. This is actually my last real question. Are the 2021 Chargers the best team that Patrick Mahomes has had in his division since 2018? So can you I look like- at the 2018 Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, 2019 versions of those teams, 2020 and 2021. Is this Chargers team the best competition in the division? I, I think so. I think they're they're vastly improved. They, in their own right, improved the offensive line. And I am a big believer in Justin Herbert. I actually have locally, and this is a very unpopular take that I say on Kansas City Radio, I think the Chargers are going to be in that five or six seed, and in my opinion, maybe the five seed, and, and have a better record than what would be the fourth seed or the mm. you know or the third seed. And, and it's just because they're in the division with the Chiefs. I, I think they finally break through this year. And it, it comes down to the O-line and Herbert. It really does. And Austin Eckler with um, the uh, the Alvin Kamara type of ideology that, that he's going to be uh, improved this year. And so, um, yeah, I really like the Chargers. I think this is the best competition in a long time. Now, there are other people uh, around who will tell you that the Teddy Bridgewater Broncos. This will mm. be the most interesting AFC West division in a while. I think the Chiefs still ultimately win out, but the competition is better than it's been in a long time. Yeah, it's been a pretty down division for like a yeah. decade. Not down like that. It, it you know two teams have won the Super Bowl from it, but uh, down in terms of like one. It's been one team with, and then that's it. Like you, you had the Peyton Broncos. It was forever. a little NFC East Patriots for a bit. I, right. I, like, think, I think we're starting to get out of that. Right. It was Peyton's Broncos. Now the Chiefs and the Chargers. Kind of you know. Circa 2013, they always had kind of a cute playoff moment, but the Raiders are whatever. Um, so, okay, interesting discussion. Um, last thing, Pete, before we leave, what is something non-football related that you did over the weekend that you had fun doing? Just, you know, I'm just curious. I'm just, yeah. You know. um, <clears throat> there's a, a restaurant here <laughs> uh, that has Food? something we call uh, Steak Night. Excellent deal. Super unique thing that that restaurant does. 40 bucks, you get Caesar salad. You got a nice oh, cut cut of meat. Okay. Side, right? And here's what the side you go with? Oh, baked potato. Come on, I like. To oh, how, how do you dress it though? How, what's on this potato? Oh, all the trimmings. Um, cheese, chives, bacon, chives, um, sour cream, sour cream, butter. You got to put a little salt on it. Mm-hmm. They have a mashed potato, but I like to sort of make my own mashed potato. Right, you mash it with the fork, right? Totally. Okay. And um, then what was the kicker? The dessert? Or this is this like a wine creme, creme brulee, no, bananas, no. Foster? The there is also a bakery built into the restaurant. Oh my! And you get a piece of pie, and that's you know you if you have Sunday scaries, this is how to get rid of them. You got what kind of pie did we go with here? I went with a cherry almond strudel, and here's here's the kicker, RJ. Another kicker on the kicker, okay? Yeah. Well, this is a a Pete only. I asked the waiter. I was like, anyway, you can uh, throw a little scoop of vanilla on there. Oh, a a la mode. Was the pie? Was the piece of pie warm? Oh my God, no! You know what? It should have been. I should have asked that's, for that as well. That, that's that's your one miss, dude. Because the pie, especially if you're getting that that scoop on there, right. has to be not hot, but just a little warm enough for the the ice cream to start melting. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you want that you're drizzle. Right. You're not right about a lot of things, but you're right about this. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you had a great moment of non-footballness in your weekend. Thanks for asking me the question. I uh, appreciate it. What did you uh, do? You know, um, my wife and I watched a movie for the first oh. time in a, in a wow. long time. It's uh, <laughs> great. It's it's hard to find time to watch movies. Um, and I actually realized there are like four Marvel movies that I haven't seen. So we watched oh, all <laughs> we, four. We watched Doctor Strange. I had never okay. seen it before. It was great. Some great. people say that you're the Doctor Strange of the ESPN Nation NFL show universe, Pete. 
I didn't know that, but I'll I'll take it. If you were a Marvel that character in, in our universe here, who do you think you would be? This will Batman. say a lot about you. Batman. Nice. That's a great note to end on. Uh, subscribe to the SP Nation NFL show. Leave a rating. Write a review. Pete, the last word is yours. Thank you for being my Robin every Monday here on MFM, baby. Thank <laughs> you.